Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Keen Gamer Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan. I'm with Annika. Annika, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing well. I'm ready to talk about some Ratchet and Clank as it came out, well, about two, three weeks ago now at this point or something like that. And uh, wow. t- uh, time flies. Uh, it feels like it just came out. But uh, so, yeah, we, we decided to do a spoiler cast. We're kind of waiting for someone else to beat it and you just you just beat it. Um, before we get really into the meat of Rift Apart, though, what's your history on the franchise? Just so listeners can kind of get a feel for where you're coming from. There's not much history. I remember uh, when I was younger, I had a PS3 at my dad's place that we would use only for like videos, like Netflix and stuff, video streaming, DVD, Blu-ray. But then some of the games he got for me, I think one of them was Ratchet. I have no memory of what it was. So like I was familiar with what kind of game it was, but I don't even think I got close to finishing it. So mm. when this came out, I, I really was just like, oh, wow, this is a cool game, but I don't think I'm going to get it. And then I kind of saw all the feedback and, and, and praise about it. And, and then I kind of realized, OK, this, this might actually be up my alley. And I'm glad I did invest in it because it was really fun. Yeah, for me, it was I've had some uh time with the this the franchise um as you know i'm a huge insomniac fan but so i had a playstation 2 like when that came out and i played um up your arsenal which was the third game and then i dabbled didn't even know they had names like that yeah yeah um i played a little bit the second game called going commando uh and then i I don't think I touched the first one. I don't think so. And then I think I played the fourth game, which I'm blanking on its name right now. Uh, but then, because I didn't have a uh, a PlayStation 3, um, I ended up just not uh, playing any other one. Uh, Deadlocked is the one I was thinking of. I don't think mm. it's the fourth one, but uh, it was sometime after that. It was, I don't know, maybe the fourth one. I didn't game. actually realize they made so many. Oh my god, it's insane! Like I can't even keep up with how many they have. Um, as they have like spinoffs, like on the PSP and PSV Vita. Um, right. Yeah, it, they have so many. Um, so I just didn't really catch up on them because I didn't have a, a PlayStation Three. And then when I got a PS Four, and they did like, I don't know what you call the 2016 game like it's a retelling it's a reboot it's mm. a reimagining you could throw in any of the terms really at it um so that was that was kind of my my comeback into it was playing that which was basically a retelling of the first game some different mechanics there to kind of refine the gameplay and like kind of like a reimagining of the first game because it's being told like from like a third source essentially and I, I really loved it. Uh, and then this came out and I was like, oh my God, like they're on a roll with Spider-Man and stuff like that. And it just like looks so beautiful and all this stuff. And like, I got the PS5. I was like, all right, I had to get a PS5. Like this is the, the game that made me go, I need to get a PS5 because I can't handle the idea of not playing this game when it comes out. Um, and thankfully I was able to, and I actually wrote the King Gamer review so people can check that out 
get my thoughts on it and whatnot. I'd get a little, maybe something a little bit different of perspective since just writing on reviews is going to be different from chit chatting on a, on a podcast. So with Drift Apart, as this is like your first real, you know, experience with Ratchet and Clank, though, what'd you think? Like just overall, it was just so much fun. I would think about it all day and I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to play more Ratchet. And I, it wasn't, oh, I don't even know how to, I, I, I'll put it simply. Anyone who has a PS5 should definitely play this. This is like um, on the top list of things you have to, because not only was it like extremely fun, I was surprised that the story was interesting, that I even cared. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, I think this is the best looking game I've ever looked at in my life, especially because I went on performance RT. So it, it was both 60 FPS and it looked good. I was I was like swearing out loud. That's how good it looked. Yeah, I was just I, shocked. I, I also played uh, performance ray tracing. I assume uh, you played uh, Miles Morales, correct? Yes. So did you play uh, performance ray tracing on that one too? I thought there was only one or the other. And I remember switching between them and just kind of, I liked both. I, I just kind of experimented with both. Was mm. there a mush of the two? Yeah, there was, there was performance, fidelity, God, and performance ray tracing. I don't know how I you missed that. Done that. <laughs> damn it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I did. Like, I just, I want it to be as pretty as possible. It's, I don't know what the resolution is uh, for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart when it comes to performance ray tracing, mm-hmm. it's definitely not 1080. I think it's definitely higher than that. Like maybe it's 1440. I could be wrong. I don't really have the eye for that, but it definitely looked better. But with the ray tracing, it's game changing, but also having 60 FPS, like I just, I can't, I'm a PC gamer. I can't do 30 FPS anymore. I, I just, I literally can't do it. Um, that, like, I even noticed a visible difference between 30 and 60 FPS. And I would show someone else like in my family and they'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't see any difference. I'm like, but it's so much smoother. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, when I played Miles Morales uh, and the remaster of Spider-Man, I played them back to back when I got the PS5. That was like one of the first things I did outside to play Demon Souls, of course. But mm. when I did that, I would switch it to Fidelity just to take the screenshots. But those few seconds of in Fidel, uh, Fidelity mode and seeing Spider-Man swing around in 30 FPS, I was like, oh, this is so bad. Yeah. This is awful. And it's it's to me, it's unplayable because I'm used to Now we're doing, so used to it, yeah. Yeah, I'm used to doing like way more than 60 FPS. I'm used to doing 144 fps on my pc um so that's that's the average i get on there so but it's it's not it's not jarring for me to go 60 i feel like some pc gamers are so snobby and go 60 fps it's so sluggish and i'm like no it's not it's it's a huge difference but it yeah it to me that is the ultimate way to play especially since the ray tracing in this game it's so impressive it is so incredible i don't know if you knew this but the uh, when you the currency of the game the bolts, th- each individual one is ray traced actually. So I think you, I saw like a screenshot on Twitter and someone had a really high def photo and I was wow. Yeah, because if you use photo mode and then you zoom in, you can see all the reflections and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I ended up, I ended up doing that. I don't remember if I posted that picture on Twitter or if I posted that on, if that was in my review. I can't remember, but uh, 
yeah, I was just like, I was floored with it though. Overall, like I, I had high expectations because I, it's Insomniac. Like to me, they're like a top tier studio, especially with the the Spider-Man games and like uh, the Last Ratchet and Clank, the the reboot retelling, whatever it is, and then Sunset Overdrive. Just like they've been on such a roll, I was like, all right, this has to be incredible. And just looking at like the gameplay footage and all the press for it, I'm just like, how could this not be amazing? And guess what? It was amazing. It was just mm-hmm. absolutely incredible of like a fun adventure that not only looked great, but played great. And I think it really utilizes the PlayStation technology so well. You know, like the, the haptic feedback on the controller was just amazing. I mm-hmm. just, I couldn't believe it. it I think it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the best use of the, uh, of the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers the, of the DualSense, but it's up there. Um, I, it's still rivaling against uh, Returnal, which I still think might top it a little bit in terms of oh, the dual sense uh, utilization. But man, what a beast, though. It was really, really impressive. It was interesting because you could tell, like, each gun, each weapon felt different on the controller as well. Yeah, it made it, it was a, it was a huge difference. Um, just like how you would just pull like halfway d- pulled the trigger and it would just it yeah. fire differently and stuff like that or just the rumble in itself was just so like just what you feel in your hands you're like i don't know this is possible and there's certain things even with other games like i just i literally don't understand what's happening like i get a sensation in my hands when playing like demon souls or eternal and i'm like what is technically happening here because mm. i can't figure this out at all and it's just like it's mind-blowing like that controller it's not a gimmick it really is like the next step in gaming honestly oh, when, yeah. when it comes to playing on a controller um and i would love to see because xbox sort of has like adaptive triggers but not nearly like as advanced and i would love to see them rival the dual sense of something like this mm-hmm. because it's I, I don't want to play on a controller that's not the dual sense anymore you know I oh, still course, do. Yeah. I, I have a I have an Xbox controller right here just because mm-hmm. uh, playing an Xbox controller on PC is better than a PlayStation controller. It's just better optimized mm-hmm. for it. And they don't even have the uh, the all the fancy stuff with the DualSense on PC. And anyways, as of right now, I think they're trying to make that a thing. Um, but let's talk about like the story and characters and really get like into the meat of this game. And just so people don't know, I guess a brief overview you could say of the story is essentially ratchet and clank they're at some celebration parade thing they get attacked um and they beat the bad guys clank's like hey buddy here's this uh dimensionator that i made which is basically a gun that goes into other dimensions so they can find other long boxes which is ratchet's race or species whatever you want to say uh and you know he's never met one before and so that would be a, a huge deal to him if he could find his ancestors or his family or someone anyone like him and dr nefarious their iconic bad guy comes in goes ah i want that and then they fight and next thing one thing leads to another and the the dimensionator gets broken and everything gets ripped apart all the these they're going through different dimensions and all this stuff the two of them get separated and clank meets up with rivet a Lombax in another dimension who has her own nefarious emperor nefarious and he basically just rules over everything and whatnot and the three of them uh basically team up and defeat both nefariouses and try and also repair the rifts that are torn apart and stuff like that so everyone can go back to their own homes and and settle there uh but 
what do you think like story-wise because i know you mentioned the the writing but like what do you think of like you know the, the twists and turns and all that stuff that was kind of happening i actually thought it was gripping and it was especially during i i guess i can't talk about spoilers but there was one part at the near the end that well, was you can actually talk about spoilers. Like a it's good... spoiler cast Oh, true, true. Okay, spoiler warning out of there. Spoilers, okay. spoilers from this point onward. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, we'll say that. So when like, who's it? Kit is that the robot? Yeah, yeah. When you find out that like, that uh, Kit was the reason that uh, uh, Rivet's arm is gone. Like I was actually like, oh wow, this is an interesting dynamic, and I really like Kit as like a, you know, she just wants to do good, but she she's afraid of herself and i think each character was actually interesting and they all had their kind of arc in itself in the game which i was glad about and i just really enjoyed the whole thing and i don't know how long it took for me to finish it but honestly i could have done for more like story missions and Mm. stuff because i feel like when we were exploring each planet like I finished the missions pretty easy and I kind of felt like I wanted more, but I get what they were going for. And I think they nailed it anyway. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a pretty tight experience and those games are never like that long. Um, I could def- I, I was satisfied with the length, but I definitely see where you're coming from. But I think, I think what is surprising though is like how, mature it is like in terms oh, yeah. of like 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 what you said with kit it's like that is like a heavy thing to deal with and they handled it like very maturely like because it's such a cartoony stylish game that is for like all ages like you would you would think they might dumb it down you know and like you know like kit would explain to rivet like hey i'm so sorry like i was built for this way and i'm not this person anymore or robot i should say but you know um i'm not like this anymore and they would get get along and they would barely hatch it it was it was, it was like but it was no it was just like no this is something that's deeply hurt you know rivet obviously she lost an arm but emotionally you know she hasn't recovered from it and her thinking this newfound friend is just a friend and it turns out the person who took her arm and did this to her like it, it was just it was a lot for her to take in and she she needed space and like she was a little bit cold to her and like obviously they eventually kind of wrapped it up and kind of became friends again but it was like no i need you know like hey i i don't forgive you i'm i'm pissed you know and it was like that's very real like you don't like no one should feel like you need to forgive someone who if someone hurts you and they apologize you don't have to be obligated Mm -hmm to accept that apology you know and because of however you feel and the game was like hey we're gonna tackle this this way you know and i thought that was it was really powerful and like there's other moments in the game that that like are like wow this is hitting way harder than (laughs) i was expecting you know and uh even just telling like a story about a kid like with rivet like because she's you know because without the arm sure she has a cool robotic arm which is was honestly it was cool as hell it's super oh, yeah. cool but you know she's disabled and her dealing with that in terms of just life but also her identity and being more than her disability is mm-hmm. really really powerful and i was like damn this is like 
going way harder than expected. <laughs> and I appreciate that Insomniac's doing that, you know? I think the story is easily uh, digested for any audience. I feel like a kid could play this game and still be as interested as an adult. It is not a kiddish cartoon. It is, of course, like cartoony, but I wouldn't even call it like a child's game. No. This is like any adult can get into the actual story without like just feeling like, oh, I'm buying this for the game. I don't care about I'm going to skip all the cutscenes. No, th- this is actually really important to the story. Yeah, it really serves the story and the characters. And it's one of those things where it's like, this is what good writing looks like, where you can go, OK, we're not making like a rated mature game, you know, like that's going mm-hmm. to be super violent or anything like that. We're going to try and open the gate for anyone to play this. But how but we want to tackle these themes. How do we tackle it? And it's just like just do it, you know, in a very real and honest way. And that's what it comes down to. And video game writing has improved greatly over the years. But it still has a long way to go. Like I play some mm-hmm. game, like newer games, and I'm like really impressed with the writing, like like this, for example. But then I play some games, and I felt like I stepped back 15 years. Like, um, oh, what was that game that came out? It was like third person shooter that came out uh, earlier this year. I'm totally. Oh, I love some examples. Outriders. Out- Outriders. That was that was the game. Outriders. I was, I was... Okay. Um. Kind of. Did you play that game at all? No, but. Horrendous. I think I saw it on my time. <laughs> really bad level design that just felt oh. all the same, like a very generic cover shooter um, with some yeah. decent looter shooter elements. But the writing and story was just, it was so melodramatic. It was so poorly written. Uh, it just didn't feel like just, I don't know, it just felt like a 16 year old wrote it, honestly. And it's like, how can I make this exciting and engaging and stuff like that? And it's like, with no like deeper thought. And it's just like, it just, I don't know, it just felt like a game from, 10 15 years ago honestly um in terms of the way it was written and the acting and all that stuff but this is like it was a next it was it's it felt like it's still pushing video games forward you know rather than taking a few steps back i think it's kind of surprising too because not that insomniac's games had bad writing before like i really love sunset overdrive which did you play that no i didn't but i know the fans of it are big fans of it big time it's I, it's one of my favorite <laughs> games i think it's one of the best insomnia oh, wow. games out there but it's not a ma- it's not mature in the way we're talking about where it's opening up to really major issues or anything like that it's a mm-hmm. flat out comedic game like there's it does not take itself seriously it is very i would say it's, it's comparable to like maybe deadpool because there's like fourth yeah. wall breaking it's very raunchy and stuff like that you know and it was very funny and it was very well written um, and I felt like it was a step forward in terms of making a game very comedic and very fun, but nothing very deep. And so I was very surprised when I, you know, the next game that came out with was Spider-Man. I was like, wow, this is heavy and spoilers for Spider-Man. But why Aunt May dies, you're like, oh my God. I was shocked, yeah. Like that's the way they're ending that game. Especially like, like there's like suicide bombers. Like there was a flat out terrorist attack, yeah. you know, in that game. You're like, geez, this is heavy and ratchet and clank i'm glad they didn't shy away with that because ratchet and clank traditionally a little bit more kid friendly a little bit you know not not so much so like other game franchises it's not nintendo Mm -hmm. but it's still like you know light you know but i was like wow like they really hammered it down of delivering something with more substance and i think that's 
that something I think the video game industry needs to tell more stories like, you know, and you don't have to get like super deep or anything like that. But I do think like you need just to push it a little bit just to be a little bit more mature because I think the industry is still growing up, you know, and there's times where it's like, like, oh, wow, this is like this feels like real adults made this. There's other times where it's Mm -hmm. like they're really catering to teenagers who are going to play this, you know, and not not trying to challenge players, you know, and I think that's what's great about this game is this challenges adult players, teenage players, kid players, whoever, to really look at these things like, hey, you know, like if you're disabled, you're more than that, you know, that's not just you, you know, and or like things about like just friendship and whatnot and stuff like that. It's like it's it was really it was really moving. And I was like, Man, mm-hmm. this is like this hits really heavy. I think the only issue in terms of the writing it was at times, only a couple times, maybe like two or three times, it got a little too cheesy, a little bit. Um, yeah. Like the very, like the very ending when they're all together and they're like they're kind of yucking it up, and then it it go the camera pans up, and then you see uh, yeah. like the fireworks at their faces. You know, I was like, I was like, all right, that was a really cheesy note to end on, and then it went to credits. You know. But I get it. Like, it, it, it does fit, you know, with, like, the cart- mm-hmm. kind of cartoony, almost like, it's like a Pixar, you know, like, movie, almost, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm just not the biggest fan of, like, the cheesy uh, kind of kitty type stuff or whatever. And so those moments, I was like, uh, they could have. But they still had a good enough balance throughout the whole entire thing, if you look at the Oh yeah, it's, it, it was just like a couple times where I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not crazy about that line, you know. It's like, it's, yeah. like, it's just like a line or two, and but overall, like I wasn't like, like soured by it or anything like no. that, you know. And uh, but how would you think about how they did with two nefariouses? Because most of the game is Doctor Nefarious, the main villain, right. but then they like late game they introduced Emperor Nefarious. Like, how did you think they they did they executed that? I thought it was great, and I, I like the different kind of boss battles where you get, like, the giant robot, and then you you get to uh, Emperor, and that was a pretty tough boss fight, and uh, I don't know if I died at all in this game. Like, I definitely did a couple times, but overall, I, I kind of liked how you get this even more evil nefarious, and mm-hmm. then you get, like, the how he's not treating the the usual nefarious right yeah and then he's like okay i'm sorry can you save me this one time and he's like no screw you yeah and uh i i forget what happens to dr nefarious in the end do you remember they basically they Did they he... they knock him on his ass and oh and okay good he's, he's he's done for and whatnot but uh yeah until next game yeah because he's returned he's like the villain in like not all, but most of the games. Uh, yeah. At least I feel like, uh, at least from what I have played. But I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really like the different dimensions and having characters that kind of mirror the original characters, but in different ways, you know. And it w- worked. And it was like I th- I felt like they just could have given Emperor Nefarious the, a little bit more time in the game. I feel like they really yeah. kind of pushed him what a little bit too far into the late game um and i would like to have seen a little bit more of him because we hear so much about him but let me really see right. like what 
the differences of like him of him ruling and stuff like that. I think they could have hammered that a little bit better because you hear a lot about about like what he's like and all this stuff. But I feel like they could have at least shown him do a couple things and actually show like what is life like when he's emperor, you know? Yeah. But I did think their dynamic between the two Nefarises was excellent. Like I did, like, I, I don't know what I expected. I, I, I guess I didn't really expect anything because I didn't know what to, what to think of Emperor Nefarious, but seeing him kind of like Dr. Nefarious comes in and, you know, he's like, he takes charge and he's just like, Oh yeah, this is great. You know, I'm in the big sea and he's making all the, you know, he's pulling all the strings and stuff like that. Then Emperor Nefarious, he's like, I think they, they explained it like he was off somewhere doing some mission, doing something right. awful, I assume, conquering some world <laughs> or doing something like that. But he comes back, he goes, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is this is my this is my house, you know, and he kind of puts him down a, a step, you know, and um, and yeah, you think like Dr. Nefarious is like evil. But then you see Emperor Nefarious and you're like, wow, you're real. You're a real downgrade to him. Yeah. And it's like I, I kind of like because Dr. Nefarious has always been kind of like a goofy villain. You know, like he he does bad stuff, but he's like at times he's very sensible. Like he just says like some stuff that's like oddly progressive and or like <laughs> some like or just some stuff that's just very sensible. And you go, oh, that's not what I expect a yeah. you know, an evil robot to say or whatever. But I liked how Emperor Nefarious was legit bad, you know, like he wasn't as goofy or anything like that. And like I could take him a little bit more seriously. And I thought that dynamic really helped kind of balance it out because if they had to him too similar to Nocturne Nefarious, then I think it'd just be too silly just to have these two kind of goofy villains, you know. But and you could tell the difference even in their voice because I'm pretty sure I guess it's the same voice actor. No, it's it's different yeah. actors. Okay. Yeah. You could definitely tell them, but even like uh, Dr. Nefarious's voice is very maniacal and evil, you know, but then Emperor is like, he got a bit of a, an accent and it's a bit lower pitched and you tell this guy's more serious. And usually I don't like mustache twisting. I'm evil just because I want to be villains. But I think like the Nefarious, both of them, they're aware of that. So like they write them to be like that. So I actually like I didn't mind it. Like I thought some of the parts where Doctor Nefarious was explaining his plan and stuff, it was pretty funny. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just glad it's, you're it's passionate like about this. Tongue in cheek, kind of making fun of those classic type of archetypes for yeah. villains. And uh, yeah, I I loved I loved that. And uh, I think the highlight for me though was Rivet. I instantly knew like from seeing her and just trailers and such i was gonna like rivet but i just i i didn't know how different she was as a character to ratchet you know and and i and honestly we played way more of her than i was expecting i thought it was gonna be like oh yeah 25 of the game was gonna be her and the rest of it was with ratchet and, and also i thought ratchet and clank were gonna be together like way sooner and such but it was like mm -hmm. no it was like way late in the game and they really committed to that and i really i respected that so then you had to have Ratchet build this relationship with Kit, and then you had to have Clank build this relationship with Rivet, and you got to really know Rivet a lot more. So I was worried because they're because that was a big thing that they were advertising is look, there's a new Lombax, you know, yeah. like, this is crazy. It's the first time you ever seen another Lombax outside of Ratchet. It's a big deal, and I go, okay, but how long are we really gonna see her? And it's like, no, she's like 
half the game. Maybe I think maybe it's just me, but I feel like we played her more than Ratchet. I think it felt like you did, especially because you you finish off most of the big villains with her as well. Mm, yeah, that's I, right. I, I I really like it's kind of also your choice because I really like how you could switch back between them whenever you like it would, depending on what planet you go and they would go, Oh, I wonder what ratchet is up to. And like, you feel like you're, you're connected to both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, you really did feel like connected and they really did felt like, I understand why they made them feel basically, they were basically the same character in terms of gameplay, but just because it's basic game design, I, I'm, it makes a lot of sense. But and I will get to that later when we talk about gameplay. But I, I really just, I really fell in love with her character. I thought she had so much depth to her, and mm-hmm. Je- Jennifer Hale is just like one of the best voice actors around. You know, um, the Commander Shepard and Mass Effect and a million other stuff. Like she's in way more. Like I knew she was in a lot of games, but I just did not realize how many games. Because I saw like a post that was like all, a bunch of different characters she's played, mm-hmm. and there's some I'm like, oh, I did not know she played that character, and I played that game. You know, yeah. um, but she, like I just thought she stole the show. Like in terms of her performance, but also like the way they wrote that character to really give her respect, I think, and really give her something to do and not, and give her an actual arc. Like you said, every character has an arc in this game. And that's what, what's incredible. Cause so many times, even with movies and TV shows, not everyone gets an arc, you know, but this it's like, Hey, here's four main characters and go, okay, they're probably not going to give every single person an arc because that's usually how it goes. But then it's like, no, this is Ratchet's journey. You know, he he wants to reunite with Clank. He also would like to get this dimensionator to not only fix everything, but also he, he really does want to meet another Lombax. Like he, that is something he's always wanted. Is something that he was given the opportunity to, but it was taken away from him. So he wants to do that. You know, Kit has her issues that we talked about before. You know, Clank wants to reunite with uh, Ratchet and fix everything. Uh, and then, but Rivet really has like, you know, she, she's on like, you know, she's basically like an outlaw, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. that she's, a, she's, you know, going against Emperor Nefarious, you know, she's, she's leading this resistance and she also has like these insecurities and these like, you know, personal issues about like her, her arm, like there's been multiple, there's multiple moments in the game where she looks at it and she kind of has this look of like, being like, man, it's like that. This is, this is still hard for me to, to deal with, you know, because um, I assume it must have happened. <clears throat> I don't know when it was to happen in terms of like the timing of everything, mm-hmm. you know, because like, I assume to build a robot arm takes a little bit of time. But yeah. at the same time, it's fresh enough of a wound where she's still like dealing with that. And I thought oh, her yeah. journey of dealing with that was like really great and really powerful. And I just thought she was mm-hmm. also but also in terms of lighter moments, very delightful, you know? I just love yeah. her. I like how she was spunky and she would fight back. And, you know, in times when she's angry, she sometimes may not make the right decisions. and But at the same time, she's nice and she cares. And I, I like that about our character. And another thing, I thought the kind of other arc with Ratchet, how he was almost, like, nervous. He was like, well, I don't really... I don't want to go back to my people. He wasn't, he was unsure about, about mm. it at the beginning. Cause I think he was just so happy to be with his best friend for the rest of his life. And then kind of throughout, he starts to 
get less afraid about it. And I thought that arc was unique as well. Yeah, it's like it's like he had a little bit of anxiety about it. It's like, well, I don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to be like, you know, like, are they going to accept me? Are we going to get along? Like, are they, you know, friendly lombaxes? Are they going to be mean? You know, like there's like, you know, it's, it's troubling, you know, but like and seeing his reaction to uh, when he first sees Rivet because he kind of like slips and mm-hmm. falls and you now it's like it's a whole little thing. But then he looks and he sees Clank on the back of another Lombax and he goes, wait, what, wait, what's happening here? You know? And like that whole, like that moment was so impactful. Cause it's like, he went his whole life being like, well, I'm just, I'm just never going to see another Lombax. And that was it. You know, like that's, that's his, that's his life. That's his world. And he kind of came to terms with that. But it, now that he's confronted with this idea that, Hey, there's another Lombax. And he goes, Oh, wait a minute. I, I kind of came to terms with this years ago. Cause I, I just, he had to but now it's like oh wait a minute i'm gonna toss that out the window you know it's like i i'm gonna be able to meet another lombax you know and a little bit you know all the mixed emotions you're gonna get about that in terms of a little bit of anxiety a little bit of excitement you know and i thought they betrayed that just so well and the meeting for the first time in that like that battle arena uh place yeah. or whatever and it was just like man it was just like, it was so p- powerful and it felt really real and genuine you know it's being like kind of like an awkward but nice moment mm-hmm. you know of being like oh hey you're a lombax i am too you know yeah and when they like talk at the same time because they are like they said like counterparts mm-hmm. so they're almost the same maybe lombax on the inside but they're very different they're not the same and you can tell i think the only difference i wish was kind of there i I kind of wish their armor and their weapons were different, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I also wish they felt different in terms of playing them, but like, yeah, like even there's a point because there's like Clank has his like own levels where you do like those puzzle things or whatever. Oh yeah, and we'll get to that later. But you know, because he's asked by Gary, who's like the part of this or you know this group of people who kind of run. I don't know, like essentially like a gateway into other dimensions and are like, hey, we kind of run the show here and we can help you get a new dimensionator to fix everything and whatnot. And they're a huge part of it, everything. And I also love how he had this like super long, like elaborate title and like all this stuff. He goes, but you can call me Gary. And it's like, all right, dude. <laughs> it's just like, it was very like on brand with Ratchet and Clank to have like something like kind of going a little far into the sci-fi mm-hmm. realm but then dial it back just enough just to be like oh no you can just call him gary we, we know you're not going to remember this you know yeah. um and uh but he was like so or like you know like what are they like you know like is is she like ratchet and he goes no they're totally different and he kind of was going over mm-hmm. their their personality traits being different you know and uh of course they were kind of spelling it out there just for anyone to you know maybe didn't catch or whatever but it was it was cool just him being like seeing clank's thoughts on it and on him being like no i i like her uh she's different you know she's but they're they have some similar you know uh personality traits and stuff like that you know or even with kit you know like she's very intelligent like clank but you know her confidence isn't there he was Mm -hmm. she's kind of like a little bit like him in the early games where it's just like just like initially just trying to like kind of get adjusted to everything maybe doesn't really like change too much you know and just kind of likes things the way they are and like and not just 
and she really kind of battled that throughout too with like her or with her being like i'm gonna stamp back you know and things were getting really tough you know and ratchet basically had to sit her down and be like no like we need to do this you know like we just mm-hmm. we can't just sit aside and let this happen you know like we need to do something you know you're you're gonna regret not doing anything and i just felt like that was just another moment of the game being really mature and being like, Hey, if mm-hmm. you want to see like change in something really bad, you need to do something. You can't just sell your hands about it, you know, and seeing her come around to that. And also coming to terms of like, or of her identity too, just being like, I'm this, I've made for to kill. I'm made for destruction, you know, like, and not wanting to do that. And like when she first transforms and you, and she was kind of hesitant and i'm like oh i wonder what's the deal and then you know she destroys everything you're like oh wow that's really cool and then she turns to ratchet and go wait what you know like am i at the fight kit you know and she you know turns back to her and goes i'm so sorry and stuff like that and like you know it's it's like that was just another part of like a character battling their identity and it's just like wow this is really it's really impactful and really mature of them to do and again not a thing I expected them to do at no. all. No, I thought that was done very well. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm just like I'm just so impressed. Like they just they have such good writers at Insomniac. Oh you yeah. Know? Uh, I'm blanking because I looked up the woman who because uh, it was two women who wrote this game, and I think one of them oh, was like con- one of them is con- was contracted who worked on a bunch of marvel comics actually a bunch of captain uh mm. marvel comics i think it was if i remember correctly the other one has worked at insomniac but has done other stuff outside of it and it's just like i thought that was the right choice too especially when it comes to you know two of the lead characters are women and the game it traditionally have been a little bit more male centered um mm-hmm. with ratchet and clank and uh Captain Quark and Nefarious and like some of these other side characters we got to know too. Um, so it was traditionally more male driven and even the other characters you would meet throughout the game are mostly men. So it's like, all right, we're going to have like uh, two, you know, two of the four leading characters are women and it's like them having right. women to write the game and stuff like that. That was right. But since they're like, they were new to writing Ratchet and Clank, I didn't feel Ratchet or Clank were different because I know you don't have much experience with the games, but if you, um, I really recommend checking out um, the 2016 game. Uh, I was right. really good. And, and you get a little bit more context uh, to some things about characters and stuff like that. I think it will kind of change your perception a little bit of Ratchet and Clank and Rift Apart um, when mm-hmm. you play that game. And it's, yeah, and it's just like, wow, I can't tell the difference here. Like, it really does feel like they understood the characters because when you bring in someone new to write something especially for characters who've been around for like i don't know like how long have they been around like the games have been around for like early 2000s days yeah so it's like it's like closing in 20 years maybe is 20 years i can't remember like just 2002 somewhere in there so it's like 19 to 20 years and then just to take these characters and be like wow i i couldn't tell i legit like when i was like because when i write my reviews I kind of do it a little bit like a movie review where I talk really in depth about the act, the actors and the writers. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know that stuff. And, um, and so I was like, okay, who wrote this game? I, I really did a lot of research on, on those two women. I, I can't remember top of my head, everything, but, uh, cause it's been weeks now, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, wow. They, they didn't write 
any of the previous games and you know and i was like i was really impressed by that that was like something that really took me back uh, a moment did any of did the one girl work on spider-man at all if, she, if she's been with insomniac or she just never i i just i can't remember uh it's been a no, while but since... they definitely chose the right people yeah i can't remember because yeah it was the it was the marvel comic book writer and then it was someone else who's worked at at um insomniac so i can't re- right. i just can't remember um exactly in terms of the writers i'm looking it up right now to try and find it but uh but you know regardless uh they were uh they were stellar you know and uh yeah as i talked about earlier it's just so hard to find good writers just in in video games you know it's just, it's so hard it's just usually it's just so bad uh but well, then it's a good thing they got a comic book writer because i guess i could kind of see that ratchet and clank could definitely be a comic book type of thing you know yeah yeah absolutely i thought it was like i would honestly that sounds really cool if they made a comic that's a good idea yeah yeah hey insomniac if you're listening to this you should uh definitely um ratchet clank and rivet yeah and kit please okay so um i looked them up just so people can get their actual names so i was just going look at these women writers you know whatever <laughs> um so um lauren me she was previously at telltale games actually um that's good yeah, so uh, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of necessarily those games, but yeah, she's worked on, uh, I think it was the Batman uh, game that they did. And right. she did also like The Walking Dead and Batman and uh, some make indie stuff and whatnot. And then uh, then they had Sam Maggs, uh, who has done comic books, but she's done some other uh, video game work before. And okay, she, she's also done some uh, My Little Pony uh comics uh my little pony and transformers comic crossover very different <laughs> very different yeah um some wonder woman and uh yeah i believe it was uh captain marvel too so with video games i'm looking it up right now um she was an associate writer at bioware before actually she actually okay. contributed to some cards against humanity stuff um <laughs> and then she also wrote the um uh anthem actually um which that those sucks. are very different things but yeah. yeah anthem and so what she's done with uh insomniac so she's a senior writer in insomniac she worked on the city that never sleeps dlc for spider-man that's right. what she did um yeah. there we go so because it was gonna bother me just for the longest time that yeah. like, i couldn't figure out what these women had done <laughs> I, I, I looked it up before and i read it i just couldn't quite remember top of my head yeah. being on the spot on the podcast and such but uh that always gets me i know it's it sucks every time it's happened so many times on this podcast where i'm just like <laughs> i'm trying to say something like even earlier like i was trying to think of outriders so i couldn't think of that damn game's name yeah but it doesn't matter it's probably the, like, the worst game i've played this year <laughs> outside of the medium yeah. the me- i didn't like the medium either um but besides that anyways but let's get kind of like into the gameplay because it felt very much like Ratchet and Clank, you know, like, but they added a couple, you know, little things and like, like dashing was a new thing, which you wouldn't have experienced before, which I really liked. Right. Especially when the way they, da- like the animated, the dash though, like when they would go and you kind of mm-hmm. like see like. Frame by frame. Kind of, yeah. Frame by frame of, of them. It was, it was so cool, but it didn't feel slowed down either. Like it was, no. it felt quick, but because the way they animated it, it's like almost 
I don't know. Like it's so hard to describe. Like it, it wasn't slow motion or anything like that, but it, it kind of gave you that effect almost, you know? Um, you could with, just tell from going one position to the other how they got there kind of thing. And they described yeah. what kind of ability that was. I don't remember, but yeah, it was definitely like sort of in the universe and it made yeah. sense. Yeah. they, they expl- I think that's what's cool about Insomniac is they don't just throw mechanics, just throw in mechanics. Like it's like it yeah. all serves – the story and like that is something where in terms of storytelling and game design i think is where the top tier studios do best like you look at the best studios um they that's what they do and i think from software does or from software insomniac i'm thinking of i'm looking (laughs) i'm looking at dark souls 3 which is on my which is on my pc Uh, it's like um and i have secure too and they're both on my pc so i can see that and that's what got in my head insomniac does so well even when you look at spider-man it's like hey you know, he's really techy and stuff like that. He can make his own gadgets. So when you make your gadgets, it's not like, oh, look at me. I got this new gadget from, I don't know, from this vendor who sells Spider-Man gadgets. It's like, no, just Peter Parker's yeah. just going to make his own stuff, you know? Um, and like the, the way they explain that, and it's not just like just thrown in there, you know? Sure, Ratchet and Clank has a vendor where you can just buy guns, but it's explained. It's like, hey, yeah, she is trying to fight the, you know, she's, and arming the resistance against emperor nefarious and she kind of explains that to you you know how did they get guns in the past games i think you just bought them (laughs) okay just not from her then she wasn't like a a new like a i don't remember i think it'd just be like there was like a box that was a store and you go to it i don't remember if there were different things for certain games and it's been a while since I played the 2016 one. And obviously it's been forever since I played Up Your Arsenal since I was a PlayStation yeah. 2 game. I don't have a PS2 lying around. But uh, but for, at least for this game, they definitely did that. And I'll, I really appreciate that when games do that. And it's not that it's awful when it doesn't fit narratively. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is nice, though, when you can tie in game mechanics and storytelling yeah. and it's tied together. There's an actual term for that i'm i'm totally blanking i took a whole is it like gamifying or is it like because i know what you're talking about because i took i'm blanking because i I took a whole last semester i had a whole class on uh on this whole thing class Uh, i took game studies and i we learned about uh like rhetoric in game like hmm. procedural rhetoric that's what i'm thinking like when you actually kind of put that into the procedures of the, the games uh, the, the term i was thinking of is ludo ludo narrative harmony oh. is what i was thinking of uh, yeah i've heard of ludo narrative before. yeah so basically it means ludo narrative dissonance is basically there's conflicts between the, the narrative being told right. and the actual the way it's being told through gameplay and you know and i and they definitely had that and that was so great just to be like hey you know do, this is what you need to do and um how can we get you to this point but make it work in the you know with the story and that guy giving oh, yeah. you the the you know the equipment to, to dash and stuff like that you know and or like how the riffs worked and being like hey you have this tether and like this is kind of like how it works but also this is how it just works narratively and how that plays into everything i thought it was really great on how they there was no seams you know like it, it was all mm-hmm. seamless and tied together 
it's not like you have your story and you have your gameplay at separate ends of the of it and they're kind of conflict butting heads yeah. um i also just felt like it's it's so fluid like just moving combat oh, yeah. all that stuff it's just like how does Unsomniac do that like if spider-man and all this all these other games they're all just so fluid with like movement and combat mm-hmm. and stuff like that and so impressive you know oh yeah and i i like that each time you use like a gun it it really does feel like it's a part of the story too like you'll take out your your sprinkler and then it it interacts with the environment well and then you take out you know your other gun to finally like stun them or there was a lot of different options there and i liked how each one felt very different from the other and I basically used every single gun at one point. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like when a game gives you an insane amount of guns, like I can't remember how many. There's like over, like I think it's cl- it's close to twenty guns, more or less. You switch through three different wheels. Yeah, but the third wheel, I don't think it's filled up all the way. So no, it's like no. so it's like, and I think it's sixteen or eight on the first two wheels, and then you get an extra like three or four guns um and there's an extra one you can unlock depending on uh, uh collectibles on one of the collectibles you can get um that gives you the rhino which drops different mm-hmm. things from other dimensions like spaceships and such and some of the objects they'll drop are from other playstation games like i didn't uh, know that oh really yeah it's um i can't remember everything they drop but i know they drop the jeep that you drive in uncharted 4 what? um and i think there's something from last of us maybe i can't remember all the games that are that are included with it but yeah it it just drops a bunch of random objects and sometimes you'll have an object from a from another playstation game and it's really awesome is that if you win the arena because i definitely i got to gold level arenas and then like i just didn't no it was um one of the uh the collectibles um I'm trying to think on how you get it. Uh, I, you have to collect. Um, uh, let me see here. Because you have to. Are you a trophy hunter? Do you like try to 100? percent No, I these? don't. I. Yeah. Um, I think it's through the spy bots. That's what you need to do. You need to collect all oh, the spy okay. bots. That's right. Okay. Um, no, I'm not. I I was thinking about platinuming um Ratchet and Clank, but then there was a couple that I just like. I just didn't want to put my energy to to unlocking um for me it's like if i love a game i'll get anything that seems fun to get but anything that's yeah. too much work um then i'm just like i just say ah screw it i don't want to do it so yeah, I just, like i, I don't want to find out. 50 of odin's crows and god of war like as much as the platinum would have been cool i'm like i I don't was another game where i was like i'm gonna like because i replayed god of war because they had the ps5 update and i was playing it 60 fps and 4k it was incredible um and i was like you know what i'm gonna platinum this game because i have like three or four trophies left in that game so i'm like almost to platinum and then i was like it's a lot of work to get these last couple i gained Mm. like a couple more trophies but like i just had a couple left and i was like "Ah, i'm i'm not gonna do this so i'm not i'm not really a a big trophy hunter um are you at all no god no i'm just like i play it and i don't care if i get a i don't even think i've gotten one platinum before i've def i think i've a hundred percented 
like a couple games, but for some reason they they weren't important enough to uh, give me a trophy, mm. platinum trophy for it. I've done Spider Man, uh, Spider Man, not Miles Morales, but only the regular Spider Man, and mm-hmm. then I did. Uh, actually, just recently got the platinum for The Last of Us too. Actually, um, oh, that wait, if you needed the platinum for that, did you have to do like the super hardcore difficulty no. things? You can do okay. everything like on the easiest difficulty, I think. Well, that's not so bad then. It, it's it's really not bad at all. You you The only one that's bad is you have to do permadeath, but you just put on the easiest difficulty and then you can just pause through the game and not die. So did you have to do permadeath, but on easiest difficulty and finish yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, but there's different settings for permadeath. Ooh. So you can do per chapter, per act, or the whole game. And I just did per okay. like, uh like chapter or whatever yeah um so it i've was, seen it was definitely some videos online where someone's like makes this really stupid mistake and they just fall off and they die and they have to start the whole game over yeah. like that's not for me yeah. i don't find that fun yeah absolutely but that like going back to the guns though like what is so interesting because there's so many games where they it's like that where you have a giant weapon wheel and there's like a million guns that you're using you know and this it's like I was using almost every gun and it kind of makes you because you your your ammo supply is pretty low even when you upgrade mm-hmm. the guns and the upgrading is awesome but it's super intuitive but also like it makes a huge difference um mm-hmm. especially when it changes the actual properties of the gun like it shoots more uh, like it shoots differently or whatever um stuff like that is really cool but I really like just like how it forces you enough to go try different guns but they're all so fun and so well done i don't care you know like there's games oh, yeah. where it's like it makes you use other gadgets or weapons or whatever but this it's like man i don't care if i'm out of ammo this gun i'll go use mm-hmm. this other gun and use and do that you know and they just like there's so the variety was insane you know oh, it wasn't yeah. just like machine gun machine gun machine gun shotgun you know it was just yeah. like there's some really creative ones. So you mentioned the plant one where for people who don't yeah. know, it's like a little turret and it shoot, it turn, it freezes enemies and hurts them, but they turn into like flowers essentially, or like plants. And the, my favorite one was the, uh, there's that swamp planet and you fight the, like, it's like almost like a T-Rex sort of deal, you know, mm-hmm. that you fight. And I was like, I turned it into a flower from, or like a plant or whatever from the turrets or whatever. And I took a mm-hmm. screenshot because it just looks so funny. Just like, it's, oh, yeah. it was all green with the vines and all that stuff covering it, but its eyes were like these really bright red flowers and just looked so uh-huh. funny. I just, I loved it. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was really impressed with like, because I just, I always go in thinking I'm not going to use every gun. There's no way. Yeah. But then I, I do. And since you didn't play uh, Sunset Overdrive or some of these other games, but well, even with Spider-Man, I, I didn't use every gadget because I didn't like every gadget in Spider-Man. I think that's the one exception. But like Sunset Overdrive, I liked every gun and every gun felt differently and really cool. And so that worked. But yeah, I was just like, I was just blown away. by like, and especially since I kept thinking, how many more guns am I going to get? Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's so many. I was kind of hoping to finish that third wheel. A little mm. part of me wanted more. Did you have a favorite gun? I don't know. I had, I really liked the, was it a black hole one or it was just oh, yeah, any yeah, of the yeah. really powerful ones. I, mm-hmm. I liked the, the one where it was like a shotgun, but if you upgrade enough, it was like one, two, three, four, five, like it would just. Yeah. It would kind of sh- yeah, shoot a little bit uh, like 
extra rounds or whatever. Yeah. I liked I liked the min though one of the best ones was actually like the one where you get your like minion robots. They yeah. really helped me out. That one time. I'm like ninety percent sure has been in other uh Ratchet and Clank games. I think I think yeah. not, not, I don't know if all of them are in other games, but I think some of the weapons definitely are from other games. Um but yeah, that seeing them just like eat enemies alive <laughs> is so fun. I loved it. Um, they had a couple of those where you kind of had helpers. Yeah. But those were my favorite. Yeah, stuff like that was... Uh, yeah, because there was the fungus one where they would like be like fungus mm-hmm. robot turret things, then the plant one, then yeah, the, the robot one or whatever. I um, thought a weird one that felt really cool on the, the controller though, because I couldn't figure out how to use it. I was like, how does this work? It was like the ricochet one oh, yeah, where yeah. it would like hit them and then like every time you hit the trigger it would like bounce off of yeah, them to hold and the i trigger you had to hold oh, the trigger hold yeah and then it would i kind of press multiple times yeah that's not how it worked you know you you hold the trigger and it shoots this thing that hits the enemy kind of goes in the air and then it slams back into the enemy it keeps slamming yeah, back into them i did figure that one out but yeah. it took a while and i was like oh this feels really cool at least i did use it a couple times though I also really liked the pixelizer where it yes. you, it's like it was like almost like a shotgun blast and but it would then pixelate enemies and stuff like that. Uh yeah, I'd as like an that. effect. I I I saw that in like a preview for the game, like you know, like when they were you know just mm-hmm. kind of showing like I was like I think it was in the first gameplay video that they had released or whatever. And seeing them do that, I was like, oh my god that gun i'm gonna use it a lot i loved it i thought it was so cool and they give it to you at the beginning i don't know if it was because it was only for pre-order bonuses i don't know if no i think it's just like an early unlock that's all okay yeah because you get your normal shooter and then you have the pixelizer and i really like how it you shoot an enemy and it makes those even like old like 8-bit 16-bit i don't know like noises as well yeah yeah i i think the two that just felt the most powerful though, like just being like, Oh my God, I have so much immense power in my hands right now mm-hmm. was the, uh, it was the Negatron collider. It was the thing that shot that, that beam, uh, oh, essentially it's like a single that. laser beam and yes. it just destroyed the damage on the thing is insane. It just, that's destroyed the first anything. thing I pull out for like the big, the big ones. It's also great for like, um, dealing with like crowds of enemies and you just would just, yeah, kind of spray it through and then it would it would wipe out like half over half the enemies that would be in front of you uh and i think you mentioned it the that shotgun thing the enforcer i think was what you were referring to yes that thing was so cool and it it was really good last things away i think what helped with the impact of it all too is just like not just the controller but like seeing how things would blow up and just get destroyed, you know, it's like, oh mm-hmm. man, you just felt like, you really felt like there were a lot of power to the guns. And even the ones that weren't as impactful, like you get that, like you start off the game with like that, that blasting pistol. It's like a machine yeah. gun or you can use it as a pistol, but it's still like, it was fun. Like everything was mm-hmm. fun. And I think that's what they really embraced in this game was just like, hey, we're just gonna have nonstop fun. You know, we're, we're just mm-hmm. gonna, really lean into it and one of my favorite things they that i think they they've had things similar in previous games when you got the uh the boosting boots you know and you can just kind of like glide above the ground and go so fast you know oh i loved that part where it was the most addicting thing ever oh 
I was just like, I could use this all day and you push you with your speed. Yeah. I'm yeah. It, it, was a, it was a great way to like really, cause there's some areas that are like are pretty big and it's like, all right, how oh, do yeah. I get through like this really big area? And it's just like, just, you know, just glide, glide through it and you go so fast and like you really felt the speed and like yeah. being like, wow, this is like, I, I feel like I'm going fast. I feel mm. the power of these boots, you know? Um, before we got started, you were telling me how you were playing. You just got Cyberpunk, right? A yeah. problem I have with that game is the cars don't feel like they have power to them. Like, I don't feel like I'm going fast, you know? Um, Honestly, I, I did hear it was difficult to drive. Honestly, I'm fine driving in the cars. It's I can even drive in first person. I found that it's not even that difficult. I've definitely had worse games where the driving is absolute crap. But uh, once I got a bike, I think first person bike is so difficult to drive. Hmm. But honestly, I know what you mean. It was it would only go to like a hundred. Yeah, and well, like sometimes the, you feel like you're the not speedometer going would like. Even at the, like the when you get to a super fast car, it's like it's it's a lot, you know. But it's like I don't feel like I'm going that speed, you know. Like I don't feel the yeah. power of the engine and the power of the the vehicle, you know. But this, it's like these are these are like sci-fi hover boots, and they're way yeah. more powerful than every car in Cyberpunk. And I'm just using this as an excuse to talk bad about Cyberpunk yeah. just because <laughs> I was so disappointed with that game, and I'm still I'm so a little sour on it, but. Yeah, I just like I just love like that and like the way they the game would have you chain these things together. Like it would be like, hey, you need speed, so use your hover yeah. boots to go up this ramp, and then there's a a thing Hit for you to grapple on, and you'd swing off that, and then uh -huh. you would do another, th or then you'd have to dash and wall run. On, on you know, it's like all that stuff was just like when you would chain it together and you would really nail it, it felt so good, you know? Oh yeah, especially when you're on those rails and you you have to think fast, but at the same time, not too fast. Cause honestly, it was, it was slow enough for me to like understand how to do it and feel like I'm really powerful. It was a, it was very much like a, um, I don't know, it had like the intensity to it, but I wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh no, I, I, I can't mess up or anything like that. I wasn't yeah. afraid of messing up, but I still felt tense and I still felt like the way the characters probably have felt like, oh my God, I, I need to get mm -hmm. onto this other rail or else I'm going to like smash into this thing or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just go to the right, you know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. good. But I still felt that because it was like the, just the execution of it was just so intense and so thrilling, you know? Uh, and so, since you mentioned the rails, I just loved how cinematic some of the gameplay sections are. Oh, like, yeah. The giant robot, the fixer, when you're going on the rails and he's destroying everything, that was like a, a legit an amusement park ride. You know, did you get that <laughs> sensation also? Yeah, it was also with the, was it the Kraken one? Where oh, yeah, you were yeah, constantly yeah. trying to get away from it. Ratchet and Clank would be a perfect like roller coaster ride. Oh my but god, yeah. Like I'm I want PlayStation Park. Oh, that would be so <laughs> cool. Like Universal Studios has the now uh um what is it? Mario World, Super Mario. Yeah, there's like World. and I think there's Definitely like love to go yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's a couple like I think there's like a couple like video game related like amusement park type things. Whether right. in like established amusement parks like that or like I think Nintendo's doing its like its actual own thing um i could definitely see a section where it's just it looks like ratchet and clank and you can get by food that looks like the you know intergalactic places yeah and... 
thinking too far ahead now. I know. I, I would love that. Especially since, like, I was actually, like, that while going through the, the rails of the, the fixer section was one of my favorite parts of the game. I was a little bummed because I was just like, man, I'm never going to be able to experience this, <laughs> uh, like, differently. And actually, outside of our roller coaster, you know what else it reminded me? And um, as just, like, an amazing cinematic yet gameplay like experience and be like oh my god everything's so crazy and stuff like that as i'm going through this area was in the last of us 2 when uh you're riding on the horse through the uh the seraphites village it's like burning down yeah. towards the end of the game like like i just replaying that game recently to get my platinum it, it's just like jaw dropping that section you know oh yeah and it was less like i'm having fun and more like I might cry in a second if yeah. I don't get out of here soon, but, but I get like, the feeling. It was like almost like a ride though, because it's mm -hmm. it so engrossing. I was like, yeah, it was, I was like, wow, this is so impressive. And I will say though, that is actually another critique I have of Rift Apart though. I feel like there weren't enough of those sections. Like there was like mm -hmm. some really cool cinematic boss fights like the first boss you have like those that giant robot thing that you're fighting and then you're going through the different dimensions and stuff like that but i was like it, it felt a little i was like oh wow the bosses are gonna be like this consistently and there's like, you know, like two or three other bosses that where it's like really like kind of cinematic and like crazy mm -hmm. set pieces and stuff like that but then most of the bosses were just like hey you're in a very tight little area and you're just gonna you just have to shoot them as they come at you or yeah. whatever um like like the very fun like i like the final boss fight i liked all the boss fights but mm -hmm. it sets such a high bar with that first boss fight you know um that i was just like oh wow like I, I, we're not i'm not getting anything else like that's to that level of really utilizing going through different dimensions and having something really kind of like a cinematic boss fight you know or cinematic gameplay experience you know even if it, it's not mm -hmm. a boss fight but the fixer was the same sort of thing you know like wow this is like this is like a gameplay section but it feels so cinematic and i love i love stuff like that and I, I wish the game really kind of leaned a little bit further into it Mm -hmm. just because it's like they they had that set up and then they just didn't quite do it with the more important ones especially when that that one robot that you fight and you go through the different dimensions just be, becomes just a normal enemy that you end up fighting a bunch throughout the game so i'm like oh it, it's it kind of took away the specialness of that mm -hmm. uh, of that fight but otherwise that just makes me feel like we should get like dlc and just mm -hmm. a bit more story content because I feel like I could easily go back and I, I feel like when you finish the story, I, I've already done the side quest. There is one that stupid one where you have to find like all the 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 things for that dragon. Yeah. The the purple things. There, I have three left. There's no more icons on the map. I have no, got no idea where they are on this have map, you, so I couldn't complete um, it. Unlocked it. Breathing fire. Yes. So hmm. when I got that part, it was like, oh, now I can find oh, all the other things. I, and then finally, there was like three left, and I have no idea where they are, and so I gave hmm. up. I don't know if it's a story-related item or if it's an optional thing. It could, I can't remember. I'm blanking on it. But in the pirate level, there is an item that, that shows every item on the map. Oh, damn it. Did well, you not get that? 
I don't know. Now I'm like trying to think back. I don't remember that. Oh, well, if you want to complete that side mission, go back to the, the pirate level and there is an item that you can get. I I can't mm. remember if it's an optional thing or not. Because um, honestly, it's only for like a one of those gold screw things. I don't really care bolts, now that yeah. I'm like done it. But that's like, I just... I feel like we could have had more side content, especially on the planets. Like, I, I just wish there were more side missions to do. Yeah, because there's only one side mission per planet. And even then, not every planet has a side mission, you know? Yeah. But they only did, like, one, and that was it. And then you had- and it's only like, oh, do this, and you're done. It's not like, oh, continue to kind of figure out what else you could do and how you can help these people. I thought it was fun, but it was definitely, like, like, all right, just could do this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, you know, this is enjoyable. It's like, it's but... fine. Games don't have to be super long, but yeah. it would have been fun to like explore more of these planets. Yeah, I get that. I, I did like how every plant felt so unique and had its mm-hmm. own environment and just was so different. I just, I loved that. I thought it was, it really changed it too because it wasn't just like here's just a reskinned of the same map here's something that's fundamentally different like like there's that one planet where you have to hit the the crystals that would change the whole environment you know to an yeah. alternate dimension of this planet and it was all destroyed and stuff like that there's like that's stuff like that is so cool or being like hey in the swamp planet you need to get over the acid you know that's mm-hmm. like that's everywhere and you use the beetles to ride them and you can zoom around the whole map you know with those beetles i loved those beetles they were so much i fun. loved them but there were so many points where i tried to break the game and get somewhere that i wasn't supposed to maybe and i would just like glitch out and hit a wall or with that dragon i would try to get to so many places that like i'm like oh i just want to hop off here i could see some things but you're not allowed you're only allowed to like stop at certain places then i was a little like stop just dying and crashing but well i liked i thought the level design was fantastic not only the levels (laughs) look different but i thought just in terms of actually like going around them and stuff like that was very well crafted and really worked for the gameplay but there were a couple of points that like you said I feel like I could have gotten some places that the game, like, it made it, like, it felt like it was cl- it was clear to me that I could go there, but the game's like, no, there's an invisible wall, or yeah. there's, no- there's literally nothing there here, so, so you're places. just kind of stuck, and I was like, there was a couple places I got stuck at, because I, I managed to get mm-hmm. there, and then I'm like, there's nothing here. I couldn't here. find and, my way back. Yeah, yeah and I have, to, I have to figure it out, and it's like, stuff like that just kind of, kind of soured it. Um, Honestly, there weren't too many glitches, but I did find a lot of invisible walls or like ratchet or rivet would like just walk somewhere weird and then like you'd see their body kind of glow. i'm like oh i'm not supposed to be here jump out <laughs> yeah i didn't have anything too crazy like that what'd you think of uh because there was a couple of sections with uh ratchet or not ratchet but clank's love Clank. like clank's puzzle levels but there are also the glitch levels too which is a, another little robot that you yes uh, had to to hack things and stuff like that and you had to battle through like the viruses that were like just mm-hmm. basically robot enemies and stuff like that like what do you think of those t- like of those sections oh i love them because honestly i thought those were some of the mo- most unique things uh, so many of these like the things you could do this game are incredibly different from one another i really liked clanks like because it wasn't too difficult and i understood it but it was also it 
tickled my brain enough to be like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm really solving these problems. And I also did like the glitch ones. I thought, oh, the, the, the haptic feedback or the adapted triggers when you're uh, glitch and it, it just felt really cool when you were doing like the machine gun kind of feeling. I thought she was even a cool character, even though she's like a freaking glitch robot thing. Yeah, I I thought her levels were fine. I didn't love them. I didn't really care for them too much. I just thought, I don't know, like it was different and unique, but I just thought it was a little tedious trying to get around and trying to like yeah. find like, because you had to destroy those, those like sack things, but you had like press a button to unlock mm-hmm. to bring down the shield and fight it. I thought it was just like a little tedious and a little annoying, but at the same time, it's still cool and it was different. Um, I thought Glitch was super cute and that's what I love mm-hmm. about this game is everything in this game is so cute. Even if they're a bad guy, yeah. everything's so cute and I love it. Um, I But for Clank, I was about to say Ratchet yet again. For Clank, I love, I, I always love his his old puzzle sections. They, they always give him like, even from the early games, he always gets like these puzzle sections and they always utilize like little mini clanks in some capacity. And I liked how they they kind of changed it up, where they kind of explained it more of a in, in the with the themes of the dimensions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it was different. It was just it is a different type of puzzle. And like you said, it wasn't overly hard, but it was enough to give me that satisfaction of hey, I solved this. You know, at the same time though, there were a couple times where I, I had to really think. Cause I'm just dumb and I'm just like, I just, you give me a puzzle and I'm like, uh, what do I do? Cause there were, there were a couple times where I had to like, it took me way too long that I want to admit of getting through some of those, especially the later ones where I'm like, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do. Uh, where am I supposed to do Like how am I supposed to use these orbs to, you know, speed up the robots or send them flying through the air and stuff like that. And using the combinations, those, uh, those, it was enough where it made me feel creative, but it clearly was mm-hmm. designed of, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. But it's enough where the way it was done made me feel like I solved it and not the game oh, yeah. laying it out for me or anything like that. No. But I'm just a dumb person. So there was a couple <laughs> things I just I couldn't figure out. And that's not on the game's fault. That's just me playing literally any game with puzzles. And I go, what am I supposed to do? And the game's yeah, like, you need I've to do this. Moments. It's very clear. I'm like, I, I, I didn't understand that at all. I uh, I did like the, the, the way they did that, though. And just like the, how m- much different stuff there is that it throws at you. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a scripted thing, like a like like the fixer. Or it was, hey, you're going to do these puzzles right now, or you're going to do X, Y, and Z, or here's a new mechanic like the glide boots. It's just, it did a good job of like bringing you variety and really making it engaging. And I just wish there were more games that would take that cue of, one, don't be overly long. Just mm-hmm. be concise. Just don't, don't have filler or anything or fluff, you know. And it was a very concise, dense game, you know. But also it was like, hey, let's just not like waste your, you know, in terms of like, hey, we're going to implement this thing. Let's make sure it feels different, gives some different experiences and stuff like that. But I just I think my biggest gripe, though, in terms of gameplay was that Rivet and Ratchet felt the exact same. And it's one of those things where game design, it makes total sense. I totally get Mm -hmm. like the mentality of it. And this is not a knock on the decision at all. It is one of those things where. I wish there was something. I don't know what, because I'm not a game designer. I'm not smart. Uh, I don't know what they could have done, but 
they had the, all of your progress in terms of collectibles, in terms of armor, weapons, upgrades, all that stuff, all transferred. Yeah. Some of it didn't really make sense. Like, how did how did they get? How did one character a character gives you was ratchet or rivet an item? Here you go. And then the other one just magically has it. You know, like that's where. Yeah. When I talked about the Ludo narrative dissonance. That's, that's where, where the dissonance of, comes yeah. in, and it kind of butts heads a little bit. That was yeah. the only time where it kind of did that. But I understand. But it wasn't in a necessarily a negative way because they had to do it you know it's like i understand why i just wish there was something maybe a different feel to to them in terms of movement or even just like having different animations you look at um spider-man like as i replayed spider-man remastered but then i went to play miles morales just so i can see what the difference was between Peter mm-hmm. parker and miles they had they different swing gadgets very and stuff different like, it was very different in terms of ga- you know obviously they had different gadgets like that but they animated it differently and just animating things differently makes a huge difference, you know, of being like just the way they kind of Spider-Man, Peter Parker looks a lot smoother and a lot mm-hmm. like, like he knows what he's doing when he's flipping through yeah. the air and so like that. And Miles, he's just like kind of like kind of flying all over the place, you know, a little bit, you know. And, well, or, if you really liked your 60 FPS, did you put on uh, the Into the Spider-Verse outfit with that thing that makes it look like choppy? Oh, you yeah. It's like, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. The, the, well, like honestly, like I was having movie. fun with that. Yeah, stuff like that was super cool. And like, but it, that was just a way to do it. You know, like that was a way mm-hmm. to not drastically change the gameplay experience. So you still feel like you're Spider-Man, the same feeling you had in 2018 with Miles Morales. But I... But I just felt like Ratchet and Clank, they could have done something just in terms of like, yeah. hey, this is, you know, like Rivet, you know, that when you use her hammer, because the only difference is she has a hammer, he has a wrench. That's it in terms of melee. Mm-hmm. But it feels the exact same. Yeah, you know, I just wish her animations may have been a little bit different or when she dashed, she did like something different. I don't know, stuff, stuff like that. I think it would have been a, a better touch just to distinguish the two. And uh you know, I hope honestly, if they bring I could her back, see, they do something like that. Sorry, what were you I, saying? I could, I could definitely see, like, maybe if they spent more time or went a different direction, that you do get only some weapons with Ratchet. And because she's, like, a fugitive at the beginning, she has different weapons, and you unlock different weapons. And then maybe uh, Ratchet has his own set of armor, because they, they share the same armor sets but maybe she has something different. I honestly think that could have worked because it would have made more sense, but honestly, it didn't bother me incredibly. Yeah, it didn't bother me incredibly. I just like, it was one of those things where I was like, I, before playing the game, I was going in being like, I wonder if they're going to do anything to distinguish the two. And then I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, they, they, they didn't. Oh, okay. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah. But it wasn't like breaking or anything like that. But and I also about- went into Sorry. this. Um, I, I went into this game thinking, "Oh, you can use that rift device whenever, right?" And even though you couldn't, there was only certain places. It didn't make me upset. It was more like, "Oh, this is still a unique gameplay element." You you read my mind because I was going to go into the whole dimension <laughs> use and stuff like that. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about it. I thought because when it was game, like when it, it would really matter, it would 
really substantial. Like you had like these pocket rifts, you know, like the pocket mm-hmm. dimensions, whatever they called them, which were basically little platforming sections and reward you with a collectible at the end, usually an, an armor piece. I think they were mm-hmm. all armor pieces. Oh, those yeah. are super cool. There was a planet I mentioned where you hit the crystals and it changes everything mm-hmm. where it's the same planet, but it's all ruined and stuff like that and blown to pieces. So like that was really cool and really impactful. But just being like, hey, you have your tether and there's like a little rift you can get to to get to a platform or to get to a vantage point for mm-hmm. enemies, stuff like that. I wasn't crazy about it. I was just like, oh, okay. I just, I thought they, they the way they talked about it, I thought there were going to be more different types of rifts. And I just thought it was mm-hmm. going to be utilized a little bit more creatively. I just felt like yeah, it was a little gimmicky at times. There were times where it really worked, but there are times where it's like, oh, this is just like, this is just you needed to get in extra dimensional rifts and stuff like that because that's what the game's all about in terms of mm-hmm. stories. You have to implement the gameplay and then you're just kind of throwing some stuff in here just to kind of fill the gap, you know, of like, hey, look, dimensions and stuff like that. And I just like, it could have impacted the gameplay experience a little bit more. Um, I think some of that could be like, I think a lot of this game is almost taking advantage of what now the ps5 can do yeah and it's I like think- oh look at you can hit this crystal and instantly no loading screens at all get to this one place oh and then they advertise that a bit like oh switch riffs anytime you want but it's it's not like that as impressive as it is really to like go into those pocket dimensions that's definitely they were aiming for look what we can do now it serves the visuals of the game which is absolutely mm-hmm. stunning i love the color usage and the ray tracing is game changing in terms of the visuals and it looks incredible and it definitely shows the ps5's power the ssd is so impressive it is like the only loading like the only loading really is when you travel to another planet you know it does a little cut scene yeah. of you flying there and that's it and it's super quick you know but then but all the like when you're actually on the planet no loading screens whatsoever like the fact that you can no. go going through those pocket dimensions it blew me away every single time i was just yeah. like I, i'm like how did how, how did i not have to load in how how can i turn around and see the other side of it through and through yeah. like it's a door you know like that I'm was just my going favorite through. part like pulling them and then walking through and then turning around and you're like how did this work it's so no seamless loading. like yeah you just loaded it up an entire new level essentially and it's just like it's just walking through a door you know yeah and i'm like wow and i assume the way it's technically working i assume like when you pull the rift open in that moment it's loading and it's super quick i, I assume yeah. that's what it's doing in the background and then it's super quick but then that's it though like it, it's loaded in it's in the game now and then you can just go through it whenever you want yeah. and it's just like wow this is just like the playstation 5 is a it's insane oh, definitely it's like man and sure is it a little bit tectomy you know to be like look at what the ps5 can do and it's not really like as substantial for the gameplay sure you could argue that but man it's just it's just so impressive i i like it a part of me cares but also a part of me is just like wow that's crazy it looks so honestly, cool honestly i don't know if i would care if we didn't have the controller change because you can go from an xbox one to an xbox series x and it's virtually the same controller same thing may look a little different but when you go from a ps4 to a ps5 you feel every single difference and that's why i love playstation 
Yeah, I agree. No, no hate Xbox. Sorry. I, uh, I love Xbox for its own reasons, but there's just certain yeah. things. They're just they're just completely different platforms now. Like I've been oh, saying yeah. this for a while now. It's like they're just like their goals are so different. It's like it's um, I don't think I think it's insane to compare the two anymore, you know, but same time, wars I are get, definitely over. Yeah. Unless you're some loser who just has <laughs> ran about it on, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, but yeah. I I thought just like also just like just visually i just i thought it was just so stunning like it's a way to like because there are weird people who think these types of cartoony games just graphically aren't impressive but people when the conversation happens about games visuals there's something i always see whether that's just your average gamer or even critics mm-hmm. like i even read reviews and i go they're not getting the two distinctions because there's a difference between art direction and graphics you know uh-huh and that's something i always try to distinguish when talking about this stuff and Ratchet and Clank Rift on part it is both they have incredible art direction but it's also like super high fidelity super detailed like the fur on Ratchet and Rivet looks incredible the shine on you know the robots whether it's Clank Kit or an enemy robot is so impressive like the ray tracing is just another you know the cherry on top and it's like wow this just looks incredible. Like it's like in the beginning, you said it's like one of the best looking games you've ever seen. It's up there. Like, I think I don't, for me, like, I don't know I, what I, game could be first, honestly, besides that. I, not yet. For me, in terms of talking about like the best looking games, I always categorize in two sections. Cause I don't think it's fair to compare a, a game this stylish versus yeah. a game more realistic. Like the best looking game I think I've seen, I think in terms of like, realism or whatever and like really high fidelity and like you know stuff like that is the last of us too Mm -hmm. but i would say in terms of like a stylish game like in the realm of ratchet and clank it's ratchet and clank like it's jaw dropping Mm -hmm. and playing on like on a 4k tv in like 60 fps it's just like i know the game's not in 4k because i'm playing on performance ray tracing but still it's just like wow this just like looks just stunning and the fact that it's mm-hmm. running so smoothly too it's just like wow like this is what the generation's gonna be and we're we're this early on annika oh, yeah and it's like if you remember like when the, the ps4 and the xbox one came out like some of those early games were like wow this is really impressive you know like like for xbox there was rise which was a huge you know uh eye catcher for you know like what the xbox one can do and then for the the ps4 you had some of these games that were coming out early on like bloodborne and uh that last infamous game second son it's like wow this looks great but then you get to the end of the generation and you get to games like the last of us ghost of tsushima and you're like no this like the step up from 2013 to about like 2019 or in 2020 was like a huge step and I just mm-hmm. like I cannot get my brain around, and this is something I've been thinking about since the the uh, the new consoles have arrived. Is what's the jump from 2021 to like 2029 or what? Whenever the end of the cycle is, you know, like let's say it's it's let's say it's 2030. Let's say it's a nine year thing. What like I can't I literally can't fathom. I literally can't wrap my head around what games will look like. Games yeah. cannot be more realistic than they already are, but we're going to probably be ones, like, and Clank. like, how does Insomniac, like, the next Ratchet and Clank, 
who knows let's say that's in five years let's just say you know because they have i think they're working on like an online game and i assume they're working on uh yeah. spider-man 2 so let's just say yeah. the, let's say they get two games in the next few years so like within five or six years we get a new ratchet and clank that game obviously it's a new iteration it's gonna look better than this right how though <laughs> i know you don't get it, but honestly, I remember playing Last of Us Part Two and said, "This is the cap. We can't get better than this." And somehow I look at Ratchet, and I and I still say this is even better. Maybe that's because I'm also in 60 FPS. But I, when I look at best looking game, I'm not like, "Oh, it's got to be the most realistic." Yeah. Obviously, because it's set in a real world, the Last of Us Part Two is probably more realistic looking, but at the same time ratchet still just looks so good for a ps5 game and i i think did you say you were playing last was part two on the new ps5 version yeah it, they... it, with the update yeah so it's okay I, I that's have... definitely good quality then yeah so i have a higher because i have a better tv now so i have a i have the a high resolution i have hdr now because of my tv also i mm-hmm. have um 60 fps because of the update and so playing that game yep. in 60 fps ooh, it's smooth as oh. butter on it you need to re-download last of us too and you need to play that as soon as possible i i, I do i i need to because the storage on ps5s right now are not that great so i have to like wait are you running into storage issues yeah i'm already full i don't know how and i'm like i maybe because it's like because <laughs> you can't plug in any external d- drives right uh not, not yet for, at least. not for games i think there's it's really confusing. I can't remember what it is. But I think there's certain things you can save because I I do put my my screenshots on a, on a flash drive, which is when I transfer it to my PC. Um, right. And there's certain other stuff you can transfer over, but not games as of yet. I think they said they're working on that. Um, I don't know what's taking up all my space because it's that de- it's like already told me I can't do an update because it's that full, and I'm like. Ugh how and i'm trying to like pick and choose and i'm like but this is an online game i'm still kind of playing and oh yeah, but I get I st- a bit of games on if- there but i'm not running into that issue at all i have so much room what am i doing then i and i can't even delete village because i'm like well what if the dlc comes out mm. it, if you delete something from the storage in i have ps plus does that mean like my save no, data you, is if in the you cloud? own the game you own the game no but like my save data Oh, you know uh, that no, that's a separate it. thing because you have your okay. game storage. Then I think this, the save data is I like, I think hoping. another thing. I, I, I'm like 90% sure. Yeah. Also, maybe and look at your, it would be like cloud storage. Maybe look too. at your media and see what screenshots or videos you have captured. <laughs> Pro I tip, mean, yeah, maybe off, there's like a really, there's a, it by default, the PlayStation five captures screenshots and or video of you, of you getting trophies. Yes. I hate that. So I turned turn it off, off, but it still has the video option. So I think I have to you turn, to turn the that video off too. On yeah. That's to not, get rid of them. That's probably yeah. taking up my space. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to talk about rift apart on before we, uh, before we end here? I mean, I think we've just covered everything. I just, I'm, I love this game and I I just wish it was a little, little, little bit longer or we get like a little bit of DLC, but I'm just excited for whatever Insomniac comes up next. They're definitely one of my favorite people. Yeah, and I think my last like kind of takeaway that I want to give people is that I've like I've said it a million times on this podcast. I've been saying it just 
for years. Like Insomniac's just, I think, one of the best studios, especially lately with Sunset Overdrive to both Spider-Man games and now this and the, the Ratchet and Clank 2016 uh, retelling. Like, I think they are a top-tier studio, and I've been saying that. I feel like they never gotten that recognition. And then they mm-hmm. kind of got these hits, and then it was like, oh, Spider-Man is, like, incredible. One of the best PS4 games. Oh, my God. Miles Morales, what a great, you know, shorter kind of condensed follow-up, you know? But now this game, I saw a lot of people being like, one, they'd be like, hey, this is my first Ratchet and Clank game, and I love it. Two, oh, my God, is Insomniac, like, one of the best studios in the entire industry mm-hmm. uh the answer is yes yes they are and i, I feel like people should have woken up when uh or woken up when uh spider-man was first announced because yeah, already people were like, I was this is a great superhero game and like this is this is awesome as a game but not speaking for the whole studio i'm like no it's it's them you know i mean sony did purchase them or add them to them was it like a bit after the the first spider-man came out yeah it must have been I can't remember when that was, but yeah, they bought they bought them and they just bought House Marquee. Um, yeah, yeah, who made and Returnal? Wasn't there like a leaked thing that was like, oh, congrats, Blue Point? But they, Blue Point they messed up. They announced. posted the wrong thing. They said it, mm-hmm. the the image was of uh, it was Blue Point's logo instead of House Marquee's. Yeah. Uh, just buy a Blue Point. We, we literally the entire gaming community and industry knows you're going to PlayStation. Just do it already. Yeah. Just do it, but I'm 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 glad for Returnal now because now that whatever that studio is working on, even if it's not a Returnal sequel, they're getting their arsenal up for yeah, yeah. whatever the hell they have planned yeah. for the next few years. With House Marquee, Insomniac, Sucker Punch, Naughty Dog, man, what a oh bunch of talented, God. awesome <laughs> studios! Like the list goes on and on, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just I can't wait to see what they do next. You know, I just give yeah. me more Ratchet and Clank, give me more Spider Man, and for the love of god give me sunset overdrive 2 please <laughs> let me, give it to me please um well i guess but, we'll see yeah i guess we'll whatever it is i'll play it i don't care if it's new ip current ip whatever yeah. i don't care I'm, I'm gonna play it i know you will too but uh Annika, thank you so much uh this was a blast talking about this game i've been dying to talk to someone about this game and i like I'd, i would have twitter exchanges with people but getting a mm-hmm. deep dive with someone it's just like, man, it's such a release, you know, like when is. you read a game like this and you get to finally like deep dive to yeah. someone. But uh, thank you so much. It was so much yeah, fun. Thank you. And uh, for listeners, you can check us out every Thursday on podcast services and on YouTube at King Gamer. Just look it up on, on YouTube. You can easily find us. There's not much uh, else that's going to be named King Gamer anyways. Uh, so until then, see you next time. Thank you.